Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson. Here on Wednesday morning, it's about a little after 10 o'clock here. Got home late, got up early. So here we are. You never know, I might take a nap this afternoon because I'm about that life. It's what middle-aged and uh, being on the road, living on nicotine and caffeine will do for you. But uh, glad to be with you today. Hope you're doing well this week. And uh, it's a big weekend coming up. It's Super Bulldog weekend. It's going to be record crowds here. We're going to talk a little bit about that later in the show. Bulldogs, of course, take care of UAB last night. Expected that. Expected to be a competitive ball game. If you listen to this show, I told you, hey, they were 10-21, and 21, but they've been competitive in just about every game here as of late. Casey Dunn's a good coach. That guy knows how to manage the game. They did a really good job kind of keeping the game in place for a while, too. They just don't have the talent. But, uh, you know, he had a good run at Sanford, so you you, you expect UAB to get better here uh, in the years to come. Obviously, a very recruiting footprint there. I mean, with all the uh, amenities and degree programs that UAB offer, it's an attractive place to go to school. Not a great place to go play college baseball. Uh, All due respect to the fine folks at UAB, we got some junior college stadiums here in Mississippi that are bigger than what they have at UAB. So they're going to have to commit to that. They did put in some new turf this year. looks great. They debuted it against uh, Notre Dame, played their opening series of the year against Murray State out at Regions. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was good to be over there. You know, ha- happy to see some Bulldogs, a lot of Bulldogs over there I'd never met before. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of back and forth at times getting things done. And uh, I appreciate those of you that say hello. Uh, big weekend coming up. It was a big night last night in the Southeastern Conference as all 14 teams were in action. We'll kind of take a look and see who did what and how they did and kind of look ahead a little bit of the weekend, and we'll preview the weekend in full on the Friday show. But uh, let me go ahead and give you some traveling advice. No matter how many times you have been to Starkville, no matter how well you know the lay of the land, you need to allot some extra time for yourself this weekend to save yourself and everybody that's traveling with you some frustration. Ladies, listen to me. I'm being your friend here. When he says we need to leave at 1030, we need to leave at 10. And that means you need to be ready to go at 950. And that means everything packed up in the car. That means on the road at 10. I know he's going to say, I don't worry about 1030. No, 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 no. He won't tell you the truth. I'm telling you the truth now. You need to be ready to go. Now, gentlemen, I'm being your friend here as well. Do not 
leave at your normal time and expect to arrive at your normal time. It's not going to happen. I'm just telling you right now, before you even get in the vehicle to make that drive to Starkville, it's going to be packed. We don't have a lot of streets around here. We don't have a lot of thoroughfares to get you to campus. And they're all going to be overrun with Bulldog fans and a few rebels that want to be a part of Super Bulldog Weekend. Leave early. Allow yourself more time. Bring some snacks. Have a good time. But don't ruin your own time by being tardy. And the kids, some of you listen to this show. You listen to it with your family, your whatever. This is not the weekend act up and be difficult. Everybody, including your parents, are going to be stressed. It's going to be a great time. There's going to be some big crowds here. The lines are going to be long, and there's going to be a lot of sighing, a lot of exasperation. Oh, I can't believe this. No, well, believe it. We're going to have record crowds in town this weekend for baseball. So don't think you're just going to show up and just go through the motions and everybody, oh, it's no big deal. No, it's going to be a big deal. Parking's going to be absolutely a disaster. I'd encourage you to park and walk if you can. It's going to be busy. And I'm not even going to the concert. Many of you are. You can't wait for it. And I'm glad they're doing this. This was the brainchild of one Red Hobart, who's now at Auburn, but I'll give Red credit for putting this thing together. We should do this all the time. I've said this for years. We should do a concert during Super Bulldog weekend. Every year. I don't know that we shouldn't do two. Do one Friday night, do one Saturday night. I know we got to play baseball Friday night, but you understand my point. Maybe we could do a late night event somewhere in town. The city's got to be a willing partner, man. It's the truth. And uh, while you're in town, please go out and frequent as many Starkville businesses as you can. These people, uh, many of them are still kind of recovering from COVID. It seems like forever ago, but you and I both know it really wasn't. Spend some money, buy some food, get some souvenirs, spend some money on campus. Have a great time. But understand it's going to be very peoply in Stark Vegas this weekend. Let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company. Speaking of great places to go eat, get there early because everybody loves Bulldog Burger Company. It's become a, uh, a regular stop for people traveling to Starville and enjoying our game day activities. Go by and check them out when you're in town. There's three great locations to serve you. Maybe you stop at the uh, Ridge and Flowood one on your way in. Maybe you stop in Tupelo and enjoy Bulldog Burger Company there. They'll be happy. They'll be happy to accommodate you. Three great locations to serve you as always. University Drive here in Star Vegas. Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. Lake Harbor Drive in the Ridge and Flowood area. Go by have the spring rolls as your appetizer. They will make you and everybody around you better looking. We all need more of that. That's why I've been able to maintain this youthful exuberance and this wonderful face for the spring rolls. That in a very, very, very um, moderate skincare routine, which is nothing, right? Get that chocolate shake to go. You'll be glad you did. Be sure and uh, find your own favorites. I kind of go in, I kind of go in, in in cycles. Like sometimes I go, I, I just can't get enough of those sloppy Joe sliders. Sometimes I want the onion rings. Other times I want the French fries. Sometimes I want a side salad. Sometimes I even get my hamburger without a bun. 
just depending on how things are going, right? You can kind of get it your way. Have the Bryant, have the Lauren. I'm still kind of partial to the freshman 15, too. That was, the, the I think, the second burger I ever got at Bulldog Burger Company was the freshman 15. It's outstanding. Live a little bit. Get out on the wild side. Enjoy life. Bulldog Burger Company. The place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, let's get into this recap of this ball game. As you guys know, uh, listen, we expect to win these games. Okay, I'm not going to sit here and hype up UAB. I mean, they're a 10 and 22 team. And they got swept over the weekend by Dallas Baptist. But as I shared, they've been competitive. And they were competitive last night. Tip of the cap to them. They don't have a ton of talent. They do have a few guys there that can swing it a little bit. But uh, Bulldogs come out there and get on them early. It was good to see us kind of get out of the gates, right? So they walk Amani Larry. And uh, live stats for this was uh, basically there was not really any stats. What I mean by that is they didn't keep up with pitch counts, that sort of stuff. But Amani Larry walks and then still second. And uh, it was close play there, but he was clearly in. And then uh, Ledbetter singles to right field. Moves Larry around the third. Runners on the corners already. So Bulldogs are already cooking here in the first inning. Ledbetter immediately still second. They don't even attempt to throw there. Hines strikes out swinging. Hunter had a tough night at the plate last night for the most part. And then DJ comes through. Just, the kid is just red hot. Still barreling the ball up. Hits a home run to deep center field. It is three nothing Bulldogs. Now, one of the things that we have talked about and I've been critical about, is the developmental piece of our players. And we go out and we sign guys, and people say, well, you know, who gets better, who gets better? When you see what Dakota Jordan has done over the course of the last month, it's rather remarkable. You know, there's a reason that he was hitting three-hole to start the season. And then people realize they couldn't throw him fastball, right? So, we, hey, we got to throw him spin because he can't recognize spin. You can tell that Jake Gotro has worked extensively with DJ, and DJ has accepted coaching because you're seeing it on the field. This kid's going to be a star. Going to be a star. Right behind him, Luke Hancock, back-to-back jacks. Solo shot to right center. The power numbers for Luke have been down a little bit this year, and we talked and. uh Colton even tweeted at me about it. You know, he'd been rolling over the baseball. He still rolled over a little bit last night, but he was able last night in that first inning to kind of get something that he could elevate. And it ends up disappearing beyond the fence, makes it a 4 nothing lead for the Bulldogs. What long after that, somebody at UAB turned to me and said, hey, just so you know, there is a 10-run rule after seven. Not that we needed it, but I did tweet that out. Sweat Alford and Kay swinging, and Kellum Clark hammers a double to center field. Bryce Chance back in lineup again, flies out to center, nearly poked that ball out of the yard too. But 4 nothing for State. Uh, nice running start for Parkerson. That gives him a little margin for error, and we, near, we nearly needed it. Leadoff walk to Braunschweig, who is their best hitter. And then uh, Wah singles, but he hits Branswag with the baseball. That's interference. Goes in the book officially as a uh, put out for the second baseman. Just kind of a bad luck deal for UAB because that ball was headed to right field easily. They had runners at first and third. Instead, it's a runner at first and one down. Then we walk Hall, and then uh, Brown reaches on a fielder's choice. Uh, nice 
play here by Lane Forsythe. And Lane has been so up and down as of late, but he's made this play a couple times. It's a ground ball to his right. And his momentum has taken him to third, so he forces a runner at third. Two out in the inning, and then Max strikes out swinging. Top of second, Bulldogs go right back to work. The aforementioned Lane Forsythe singles right back up the middle. Then Amani Larry grounds out and uh, out there. looks like it's going to be at least a fielder's choice where they retire the runner at second, but instead the ball is loose. Error on the shortstop. Now, again, you think we're fixing to go ahead and you know, put some distance between us and UAB. Well, we did. Runners on the corners. Ledbetter pops up the short. And then Larry is thrown out stealing. You don't see that every day. And then Hunter Hines fouls out outside of first. So very promising inning here. Kind of goes with a whimper. A pop-up, a caught stealing, and a foul out. Didn't even really get the ball out of the infield. Uh, despite the fact we had uh, another runner at third. And those are the kind of situations you look back, even in a game like this, and say, you know what, we at least got to get that one run home. You can't keep leaving Ducks on the pond. You get a runner to third with nobody out, you got to find a way to get them home. All right, bottom of second, Stanek goes right back out there, and uh, we walk Mullins, and then we walk Holyfield. And this is the six and seven hitters. And you think we're about to be in trouble. We get deep into another count, and Abernathy then grounds into double play, Nice play here by Slate Offord to turn it and it began the, th- the double play. Excuse me. It ends up being a 5-4-3 double play. And then uh, Lewis grounds out a little number right out there in front of the plate. And so, again, we kind of work our way into some trouble. And uh, defense bells us out there. So, Bulldogs playing pretty good defense early in the ball game. Top of three. Dakota Jordan pops up to the second ba- baseman. They walk Hancock. Offord nearly hits it out. That happened almost, I think, two or three times last night. Hard hit balls to center field just didn't have quite enough carry. Slate, 10 more push-ups. Those are home runs. And then Kellum Clark strikes out swinging. So we strand the one runner. Okay, Evan Sierra comes in in the bottom of third. And, I, and I, at this point, I kind of relaxed a little bit because Parker had been all over the place. He really struggled to throw strikes. And I said, okay, Sierra will be here. He did not do a good job missing bats here. Branchwig, second time through the order, singles right back up the middle, hit the ball really well, and then Wah pops up the short. Okay, so we're a pitch of getting uh, getting out of this thing, and then Hall homers to right field. Now all of a sudden it's a ball game. Brown singles to center, Mack flies out to center, and then Mullen strikes out swinging. So yeah, we navigate through that and uh, still have a two-run lead, but they had some very solid contact in that inning. Even the outs were loud. All right, top of four, now a 4-2 ball game. Bryce Chance singles back up the middle, and it's good to see Bryce in the lineup. And I, th- I think in many respects he's kind of situational. The way DJ is swinging it, you know, Chance is probably uh, not going to get out there a whole lot. Forsyth then strikes out swinging. Larry doubles down the line and left. Chance goes to third. And again, a chance for State to kind of blow this thing open. Uh, they make a pitching change here. Ledbetter. Rolls one over to the right side. The run scores, but he's out at first. Makes it a 5-2 ball game. And then Hines strikes out looking. So, again, runners at second and third here. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. That's right, the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year. 
and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest, and we'd go up there, and just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scoot. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing, the versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tacovas boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Bulldog fans, many of us grew up in a time... We didn't lock our doors. We didn't feel the need to. We didn't have a need to. But the world is a much different place today than it was when we were much younger. Surely you've seen your neighbors have these video doorbells and things of that nature. You can have the same peace of mind, but also the convenience that you grew up with, with our friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y. Very, 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 very simple product here. Very easy to install, and you set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. No drilling required, no power tools, anything like that. You get the keyless entry. You don't have to fumble around with the keys when you got your hands full. You never have to worry about your kids losing their keys, or perhaps you've got a rental property and you worry about people passing that key around. You also don't have the anxiety of having this battery that goes down on you. It's Guys, you got four months of power here, and you get a low battery notification before it runs out so you can charge it back up. It's pretty simple. There's no monthly fee, unlike a lot of other brands that charge you that fee. You can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. Uh, Ufi is also on standby for you 24-7, and you can get a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by our professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or even live chat, which is awfully, awfully convenient. And here's the thing. There's just so much out there in the world these days. Wouldn't it be nice to know maybe who visited your door when you're out or perhaps have the security of knowing that you've got video surveillance anytime somebody comes to your door? We absolutely can. Make sure that you look for Eufy Video Lock. That's visit E-U-F-Y official.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete troll of your door. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. With less than two outs and you just get the one run, at least we got the one. But you'd like to think, hey, when two and three's coming up, we ought to be able to get a base hit. We don't. All right, bottom of four. Holyfield opens off Sierra with a single to right center. Abernathy didn't get to there on a fielder's choice. Uh, fielding error by the shortstop here. One of those things that happens, man. I mean, it's like here, we got, again, a chance for us to, uh, to record an out. Maybe two. We don't. Uh, Lewis is lays down a sack bunt here. You move the runners along, and you're thinking, okay, we're going to be in trouble. Now they have runners, two runners in scoring position, less than two outs. And Braunschweig steps up and hits the uh, sack fly RBI. Drives in a run, makes it a 5-3 ball game, while then grounds out the second base. And so it's like the, we, we got some separation uh, in the top half of the fourth, and we give it right back. All right, top of fifth. They make another pitching change. They bring in this Colin Daniel kid who was really good against us. Uh, the slider has a lot of depth. And so we're swinging over the top. Kind of got a late break to it. But uh, Jordan strikes out swinging. Hancock taps it back to the mound. They retire him at first. And then Alford flies out to center again, nearly gets it out of there. And this kind of you – know, this, this is a stretch here too where they retired I think eight in a row. We're in the middle of that now. Bottom of five, Brock Tapper comes in. Outstanding effort from Brock. Hall lines out to right. Brown lines out to left. And Mack strikes out, strikes out swinging. We knew Mack had some swing and miss in his game. We were able to take advantage of that. All right, top of six. State, three more. Yep, one, two, three here. Clark strikes out swinging, and uh, they have to throw him out at first. Chance grounds out to second. Forsyth grounds out to second. And, and uh, you give it to Colin. He's rolling here. Getting under barrels, having us beat the ball on the ground. We're just not able to get solid contact against him. And, uh, you know, we eventually do get to him. But, man, it took a while. And that's, that's what a reliever is supposed to do, right, is hold the game in place. Slow the game down. Give your offense a chance to catch up. That's what he did. Tip of the cap to him. All right, bottom of six, Tyson Harden comes in. And I'll be honest with you, I was a little bit nervous. I was because Tyson's been so up and down. He was good last week against Grambling. But, of course, he had – Really bad outings against Kentucky and, and uh, Vanderbilt, allowing 11 earned runs in those two appearances. And, of course, he's kind of mopping up there. And uh, he told me in post game, there's an article you can read on Gene's page, where he talks about they've been working on changing his arm slot a little bit and uh, throwing a sinker. His last two outings have been really good. This is the best outing he's had in a Bulldog uniform. Mullins flies out to left. He gets uh, Hollyfield to strike out looking. And then Abernathy lays down a uh, two-out bunt. You know, everybody's playing big infield right here with two outs. And uh, he gets the bunt down, really no play to be made, and then they decide to steal, and Luke guns him down. Well, you've been a lot better against the run as of late, too. Maybe you've noticed. There was a time earlier this year that anybody that got the first basically got second as a gift. All right, top of seven. State goes back to work here. Larry flies out the center, and then Ledbetter, man, they just couldn't finish Colton. Just couldn't do it. It's It's – Slider, 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 slider. Count goes full. Eventually, he sits on the slider, 
They drop it to him. He gets down his legs, lifts it over the right field wall. Now it's a 6-3 ball game. And that's when they pull uh, Colin Daniel. Hines and Pops up to first. They walk DJ. Hancock's hit by the pitch. We've got a bit of a two-out rally going here. They went ahead and made the change here and bring in Harris. And uh, Slate flies out to center. Another long fly ball. This one not quite as deep as the others. But uh, Slate's seeing it pretty well. Not a lot to show for it in the box score. But, yeah, you know, he hit the ball really hard. Barreled up some balls last night, which is still encouraging to see after the week he's had. All right, bottom of seven. Harden goes right back out there and goes right back to work. Gets a nine-hole hitter, Lewis, to strike out looking. Gets Braunschweig to ground out to second. And then Wah. Nice play here by Hunter Hines. Has to range off the bag. And then toss back to Harden. Uh, really good defense here. One, two, three inning for Harden. And you almost begin to ask yourself, do you send him back out there for the eighth? As good as he'd been. All right, top of eight, state tax on here again. Uh, Kellum Clark flies out to left. Nearly poked that ball <laughs> up against the wall, too. That's the thing. When you're big and strong like Kellum Clark is, you, you have the ability to do that. A lot of people, when they hit the ball the other way, it's just kind of a bleeder. Not Kellum. Kellum has some oppo power. Bryce Jansen walks and then Forsyth singles to center field. And then they are getting ready to uh, throw the ball in. They misplay the cutoff, and everybody moves up a base. So here we are, runners a second, third, less than two outs. Got to get a run home. Amani Larry hits a ground ball, allows Chance to score. It's now a 7-3 game, led better than pops up to short. Got to get Colton going. I know we had the home run last night. We got to get him going again. That's the thing about managing a baseball team. Nobody's ever hot at the same time. You just kind of kind of manage all that, right? All right, bottom of eight, we bring in Aaron Nixon. Best outing in the Bulldog uniform. And listen, I get it. Well, let's see what UAB. Okay, yeah, right. I get that too. But our enemy has been the strike zone. And and there have been times Nixon has you know had a lot of hit by pitches, right? Really looked good last night. I thought we got to sit behind home plate in the press box. I thought the slider had a lot of bite to it. He gets hauled to ground out the first. Brown then lines out the center. And then Mack strikes out swinging. Tough night for Mack. One, two, three inning for Nixon. We go back out in the top of nine here. Several defensive changes for uh, for the Blazers. But Hines singles through the right side. They had the shift on, and he hit the baseball so hard they still couldn't get it. Then he goes to second on a wild pitch. And really, I, I give Hines a lot of credit here. That ball didn't get far away. It's in the dirt. He had a good secondary, and he read it in the dirt. Takes off. It's actually a pretty close play, but he makes it. They walk DJ. So now all of a sudden, you got runners on first and second with nobody out. You got to find a way to get a run home here. We don't. And listen, I don't think Luke Hancock has been asked to bunt in a couple years, but as good as he is with the bat, I think I could probably teach him how to bunt. When they want to shift right, let's bunt it up third baseline. He flies out to right here. Uh, it wasn't deep enough for us to tag in advance. Then Alford flies out to left. Isaac pinch hit for Clark, and he flies out too. So, we, again, we get two men on with nobody out, and it's three consecutive flyouts. So, 7-3 ball game here, going bottom of nine. Uh, Mullins, again, against Nixon. Uh, another nice play by Hunter Hines here. Nixon getting over to cover. Peyton Puckett from Tupelo, if I remember correctly. He pinch hits, strikes out swinging, and uh, they bring in and pinch hit another guy, White, and he flies out to right field. And that's your ball game, 7-3. So, yeah, it wasn't sexy. You know, we didn't go over there and 10-run rule those guys. But at no point did it ever feel like State was in jeopardy of losing this ball game. Now, there was some, obviously, 
some anxiety when you put up four and then you go out there and you start walking guys you start thinking it's going to be that kind of ball game turns out that it didn't bullpen actually did pretty well last night i wrote an article about that too but um but here's the reality of it you know, let's look at our numbers here you know Stanett goes out there Stanett credited with the win because he was on a pitch count that's kind of one of those anomalies in scoring but uh two innings pitch for him allows just one hit but four walks and then the one strikeout and granted he's still not Maybe 100% are in midseason form. My issue with Parker's always been is that this is kind of who he is. He's the kind of guy to go out there and walk the bases loaded and then strike out the side. you got to find some way to get some consistency because, you know, the, the slider is filthy, and it, but it has to play off the fastball. And then when you can't throw the slider for a strike, people just sit dead red fastball. And I don't know that he gets enough sink on that fastball either. But um, that's a concern with me with him is that, you know, for three years, this has kind of been who he is. Walks a lot of people, strikes out a lot of guys. Got to find a way. Got to find a way. I don't know if it's just something mechanically, something with the plant foot, with the landing foot. There's something that's just not quite right. Evan Sierra kind of been up and down, been a consistent strike thrower, but he was hit a little bit last night. Two innings pitch allows four hits. UAB had six on the night. Four of them come in the two innings of Sierra's on the mound. Three runs, two of them earned. Of course, one of them uh, unearned due to that error. Uh, it's short. Gets the one strikeout. Uh, faced more hitters than anybody on the Bulldog pitching staff last night. 11 batters faced. Brock Tapper comes in, a uh, hitless, scoreless inning for him. He strikes out one, gets a pair of flyouts. Very efficient night for him. Tyson Harden, as I mentioned, the best outing he has had to date. And that's that's encouraging to see. Hopefully he can keep that up. Two innings pitched, one hit, uh, two strikeouts. And we talked about the sinker. You know, he faced uh, six hitters. Right, you strike out two of them, so, so there's four remaining. Right, and uh, three of those four end up being ground balls. So maybe their sinking action's working for him there. And Aaron Nixon, a perfect two innings for him, two Ks, no hits, no runs, no walks, no hit by pitches. At a boy, Aaron. It's a good effort there, and uh, happy to see it. Offensively, you know, State not a masterpiece by any stretch, but uh, State pounds out ten hits, scores uh, seven runs in the ball game. Amani Larry, one for four with a run scored in RBI. Colton Ledbetter, two for five. Very quiet two for five, even though he had the home run, right? Uh, two RBI, two runs scored. Hunter Hines, one for five. And, of course, his uh, one is that, that single he hammered right through the shift. Dakota Jordan goes one for three with a couple of walks. You take that every day. Three RBI for him. Run scored. Luke Hancock, one for three. Also a run scored and a walk and an RBI. Sweet offer goes 0 for five. But it was a really, you know, it's like you look at it and say, you know what? Hey, either you get a hit or you don't. I would not be the least bit hesitant to put Slate right back in the lineup because he absolutely tattooed some baseballs last night. He just missed, just missed a couple home runs. Kellum Clark won for four, had that double he hammered early in the ballgame, had a pair of strikeouts. The lefty-lefty matchup is tough for him and Hunter, it really is. Connor Heizak goes 0 for 1 um, during his time. But nevertheless, I mean, uh, Bryce Chance, one for three. Uh, two runs scored for him. It's good to see Bryce back. He really is. Lane Forsythe, two for four in the ball game. Uh, the one strikeout. Put the ball in play three out of four times. And, uh, yeah, again, we got to clean some things up defensively. You know, it's like, you know, beginning of the year it was terrible, and all of a sudden things got better. Now all of a sudden we're regressing a little bit there at shortstop. And, uh, you know, last year Lane just four errors on the year. But uh, it, it has not been good this year. I mean, I mean, we're all seeing the same thing. I mean, you can't defend it. We, we got to have better play there, for sure. Uh, State, 
one error in the ball game, and that's the one UAB had two. And, of course, it's the ball that's thrown away. And then, of course, they, uh, the cutoff situation there, too. But, you know, hey, we win. We're now 20 and 14. We get a nice day of practice today. Get a nice day of practice tomorrow. And we'll welcome on Mr. Town. We'll preview that series in its entirety uh, for Friday's show. But, uh, you know, for now, of course, we're going to uh, take advantage of the fact that uh, we were able to get some good innings from the bullpen last night. And just, again, after they after the fourth inning, UAB had one base runner. The last five innings of the game. And I think sometimes that stuff gets lost because, you know, hey, that's their job, right, is to get those guys out. But it's been such a challenge for us. It really has been such a challenge. And I think getting Nixon back to form is huge. Tyson Harding perhaps tinkering a little bit, maybe finding something's big. Brock Tapper's a guy that's been willing to compete the whole time he's been here. And Sierra has too. It just kind of got to him a little bit, you know. But, uh, the, again, the final five innings, the only base runner they have is that two-out bunt, and then we erase him on a caught stealing. So there was no offensive threat in the second half of this ball game. And uh, one thing that I'll tell you, when you don't score in the final five innings of a ball game, chances of you winning are pretty slim, really slim. But uh, good job by the Bulldog bullpen. Hopefully they can keep that up. Your Bulldog bullpen was outstanding, of course, uh, against uh, Alabama because you had Nate the Great out there handling things. But um, all of a sudden, you got Nate back there and you got Nixon, so you've got your natural closer and you've got a long relief guy that could also close a ball game if necessary. You know, so maybe some things are starting to happen here. Maybe. I'll tell you what's interesting, too, is I, I laugh about stuff, too. It's like um, – there are some people, and listen, we're all frustrated when things don't go well. You know, I got a little more skin in the game than most, but the reality of it is is that, um, you know, when things don't go well, it's easy for us to get upset with each other. And you know, last week, of course, we go beat Grambling. Oh, it's just Grambling. Yeah, you're right. It, it's just Grambling. It is. And we beat them 21-2, like an SEC team would. And then we've been like, well, you know, let's see if we can do it against SEC competition. Well, then we go to Tuscaloosa and we win that series two games to one. Of course, all anybody want to talk about is the one we got beat terribly in. You didn't think we'd go over there and sweep, right? And now we've gone to beat UAB. And it's like, hey, it's UAB. They won 10 games this year. We should win that game. Like, well, you know, we, we got to win. Well, we've won four or five. Okay, we can't go back and replay those other games. All I know is in the last five ball games, State has played really well with one exception. And that was that ball game against Alabama on Friday where we had three hits in the ball game. We walked the ballpark. It was a stretch there. We had seven walks with two and thirds innings thrown. It's terrible. So my hope is maybe we're starting to find some consistency, and we need to. Super Bulldog weekend coming in. Obviously, we need to take this series from Ole Miss, who's struggling. And they have played better baseball than us for much of the season. Their bullpen issue, that's the thing you look at now. Their bullpen is it looks a little thinner, and ours looks to be improving a bit because we're getting some guys healthy. We need to find a way to win it. Then all of a sudden you, you got Southern, the University of uh, Southern, Southern U, excuse me, from Baton Rouge, and then we go to Auburn. An Auburn team is kind of struggling. And so we got to get fat here in the next two weeks. We got to get fat. There's no question about it. If we're going to make a run, and again, we had to start at Alabama, you need to take these next two series and you need to go to Tennessee with some momentum. But if this is going to happen for us, it's really got to happen here in the next two weeks. And it feels so much like last year where it's like we're just chasing the season and chasing the season. And after we won that series at Oxford last year, we're all thinking, okay, we're good. 
you know, we just need to win the game we're supposed to, and we'll be okay. And we didn't. We didn't. We go to Missouri, went on Friday, and think, okay, one more, and we can take this series, possibly get a sweep. We didn't win another SEC game the rest of the year. And so this year, it kind of feels in some respects like that, where there's just no margin for error, and everything just kind of hangs there so precariously. It's like, hey, we've got some talent. We just got to go out there and execute and perform at a high level and win the games we're supposed to win. Simple as that. Our time for today's top 10 list brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. Blair Chandler is my friend, your friend, a friend to all those in need. Recently found out Blair is now top 1% ratio in the country, close ratio three years in a row. That doesn't happen by accident. You need somebody that knows what they're doing, and that's Blair Chandler. You need a guy that understands that your situation may not be like everybody else's. He has seen it all and done it all. So maybe perhaps you've tried before and uh, your loan's been turned down. Get with a guy like Blair Chandler with 21 years of experience. There's a reason it's called CloseWithBlair.com. It's because he is a closer. C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. Mention to him you heard about him on the boneyard. He's going to pay for your appraisal. That's a nice little benefit there just to being a listener. A lot of fees associated with getting the mortgage done. Works for Fairway Mortgage, not some subprime lender. You're going to be dealing with a professional working for a professional company. Give them a call or text today at 601-500-2344. Again, at 601-500-2344. And let them know. You heard about him on the barnyard. All right, our friend Gordon Griffin reached out. We've had a lot of new suggestions here as of late, and I've got a series of things that we're going to start on here pretty soon. I don't know when we start it. Maybe we start on Monday. But uh, kind of give us a chance to uh, raise our fist to the gods of rock. But Gordon had a couple of ideas. I'm going to knock out one of his today. Top 10 concept albums. And people say, Steve, what's a concept album? Well, the concept album is basically there's a one prevailing theme throughout the album. It's a story. Now, recently, one of the more successful concept albums that didn't make my list, one of my favorite bands of all time, is Shinedown. Their album, Attention, Attention, is a concept album. It starts with an individual goes and sits down, walks across the floor and sits down, and then the song Devil comes on, you know, Devil's in the Next Room. And then you get through the end of it, and uh, all of a sudden this person that uh, wanted to end their life has rediscovered they have a lot of things to live for. And um, the song Get Up is amazing. It is. It's a great album. It is. But that's what it's about. So it's like every song is connected in this story. And a lot of the, there's a lot, some of the songs we're going to talk about today you're going to think, oh, I didn't really know that. So if you don't really know the full catalog, maybe you can't fully appreciate that. So top 10 concept albums. And again, from start to finish, it's a story. And the best thing to do in my when I listen to these albums, I listen to them in their entirety. All right, number 10, one of the greatest, greatest showmen, probably in my generation and, and, and back a little bit, certainly in my lifetime. It's David Bowie. We're going with the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. That's your number 10 album. And we're going to go with the American classic, Suffragette City. I guess he was living in America then. I think he was in New York then. Suffragette City. That's your number 10 song. And uh, I think one of the things that I respect the most about David Bowie, of course, he's uh, passed away now, is you know David was the guy that found recovery. 
And uh, he talked extensively and very openly about that. You know, that, hey, I know that if I drink alcohol, I'm going to lose everything that I have. Here's what's going to happen. And uh, there's some videos out there of him on YouTube talking about his alcoholism that I, that I even a guy that's in late-term sobriety, I look at this and I'm, I'm inspired by that. All right, number nine, one of my favorite albums of this generation, because I'm from the 1900s, so I consider this maybe more my, maybe my youngest kid's generation, maybe. He loves this album. I love it too. And it is wonderful from start to finish. Absolutely beautiful from start to finish. Now, I picked a deeper track off of this album. And many of you love this album too, because when I've mentioned the band My Chemical Romance on this show before, it's like people's antennas go up. They light up. Oh, Steve, I love MCR. I do too. I love them. The album The Black Parade is a modern-day concept album. The writing and storytelling in this is excellent. I would encourage you to just basically turn it on, let it play. Listen to this album in its entirety. The song we're going to go with is Famous Last Words. And uh, it's one of those songs, too. It's like, um, it, it's, it's a relationship-type song. And apparently that the, uh, you know, the love interest of the main character uh, fell in love with somebody else. And there's a part where he talks about that. You know, where's your heart? I know that I can make you stay, but where's your heart? And so there's a lot of passion and power behind all this. And it's not just in this song, but in every song on this album, you can really tell that uh, they put a lot of time and effort into this to tell this amazing story. But again, famous last words from My Chemical Romance is Welcome to the Black Parade is number, uh, number nine. Number eight, going back, this used to be the songwriter's songwriter. Everybody talked about this guy. Everybody had some huge hits. We're talking Jackson Brown's Running on Empty. We're going to use a title track uh, from that song, from that album. If you've seen Forrest Gump, you've heard Running on Empty. And chances are, if you're my generation, you heard it a million times growing up. Running on Empty is a song that still holds up today. This album still holds up today. One of you, you young bucks that are looking for like some, somebody to impress your parents, getting in some Jackson Brown. Number seven, and you knew this would probably be on here at some point. It's Rush's 2112. Incredible, incredible album. It is, uh, it's one of those albums too. It, it feels like a roller coaster. It does. You know, a lot of these concept albums, you know, there's, you have stories and there's like a little, you know, little thing in between each song. This one is just one of those deals. You turn it on and, um, Getty Lee and those boys just kind of take you for a ride. Could have gone a lot of different directions here. You know, this is a prog album, so there's a lot of long songs, but we went with The Passage to Bangkok as your number seven track from Rush. Number six, and I know that I know right now you Rush fans are going to be messaging me, Steve, how could you put Rush all the way at seven? Well, I'm not a big Rush guy. So there. Number six, it's Iron Maiden. Oh, you didn't know they did a concept album? Yeah, well, get up out of your chair, right? Let's get up, Grandpa. Let's put on some real rock. Let's get our rock fingers in the air. Get those devil horns up. It's Iron Maiden. Seventh son of a seventh son. We're going to go with Can I Play With Madness. But this album is one of Bruce Dickinson's best. Absolute best. Bruce Dickinson vocally absolutely kills it on this album. And of course, you had uh, you know Stranger in a Strange Land and, and uh, 
wasted years. And so it was like all of a sudden Iron Maiden had been this you know, cultural phenomenon, uh, mainly in Europe. And then all of a sudden they hit MTV and uh, Run to the Hills all of a sudden kind of introduced them to American teenagers. And by the time that Somewhere in Time came out, when I, the very first time I heard that opening riff of Wasted Years, I'm like, where has this been? And all of a sudden you go back and you look, and I actually have an Iron Maiden tattoo. Maybe you didn't know that. I have a killer's tattoo on my left arm. But uh, Iron Maiden's Can I Play With Madness, your number six track today. And number five, I listen to this album a lot on road trips. Number one, the musicianship is outstanding. The story is phenomenal. And I also saw them play in Jackson, Mississippi, with many of you with suicidal tendencies. We're talking Queensryche. Queensryche's Operation Mindcrime is perhaps the best modern rock concept album of my lifetime. I'm, I'm very biased, and I'll be honest with you. When, when Queensryche first hit the scene, I, I really wasn't, nah, I, well, I don't know about these guys. And then uh, somebody loaned me the album The Warning on cassette. And I was like, you know what, maybe they're okay. And then I went back and listened to Take Hold the Flame from the self-titled album, and I was hooked. And when Rage for Order came out, I went and bought that. The very first Queen's Rock CD I'd ever bought. But when Operation Mindcrime came out, I didn't know at the time, when I was just a teenager, that this is an album that I'd still be listening to over 30 years later. A fantastic album. It is an absolute masterpiece. Michael Walton, Chris DeGarmo, absolutely phenomenal. Randy Jackson on bass, got rocking foot on drums, and of course the incomparable Jeff Tate on vocals. I could have gone a lot of different directions here. We could have gone with Eyes of a Stranger, which closes the album. It's fantastic. We could have gone with uh, The Mission, incredible song, very powerful, passionate song. Could have gone with I Don't Believe in Love, but I do. Could have gone with Anita Lies, song about addiction, but instead I went with Speak. I love the opening riff of this. This is one of those songs, too, that uh, really gets me going. And there's so many great songs on this. I just think this is one of those albums. I can't just listen to one song. I've got to afford myself the opportunity to listen to the album in its entirety. And I do. When I travel, sometimes I put it on. I have actually listened to it back-to-back -back before. Queen Drax, Operation Mindcrime. The song is Speak. Revolution Calling is one of my favorites in that album, too. But number four. Saw this guy in Tupelo a while back with the homie Sam Denton. First time I'd ever seen him live. It's a, it's a shame that's the case. But it's Alice Cooper. Going back to 1972, the year of my birth. It's Welcome to My Nightmare. We're going to go with the title track from that one, too. And they've, they've made a sequel to that, too. Welcome to, with the number two, My Nightmare. We're going Welcome to My Nightmare off the 72 album. If you have never seen Alice Cooper perform live, you owe it to yourself to go whether you know the songs or not. It is an absolute riot. Absolute riot. It's so incredibly well done. Everything they do, the musicianship is outstanding, but also it's just one of these deals where there's so much going on on stage. It's, it's entertaining. It's theater. You owe it to yourself to go. Anytime Alice Cooper comes to your neck of the woods, go and check it out. All right, number three, a band I'm not really big on, but I'll tell you this, you kind of have to respect it. The movie was big. The album was big. It's the Who's Tommy. And there's Ann Margaret, of course, in that big bean scene. It's still so weird to me all these years later. Uh, Dave Murray, a huge Who guy. I'm not. I, Roger Daltrey's voice has always kind of gotten on my nerves. I know Pete Townsend's an incredible musician. 
Uh, Keith Moon is as well. But there was always something about the Who that I just never really connected with. I know many of you did. I do think the song My Generation is amazing. It's timeless. But um, this is basically a rock opera. And Pinball Wizard, of course, you know, about Tommy, uh, a kid that, uh, you know, mom had an affair and the kid knew about the philandering. Dad gets kicked out of the house and he kind of becomes reclusive and uh, becomes this angsty teen and Pinball kind of becomes his outlet. So it's a pretty crazy album. It is. But uh, again, it's worthy of your time. I would watch it before I would listen to it in the car because there's a lot of craziness in that, in that movie. All right, number two, I got a good friend of mine. This will make him really happy because he's probably thinking, I bet Steve doesn't realize this is a concept album. But no, you're wrong. It is. It's the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, right? Fantastic. A lot of timeless classics on this one. I could have gone a lot of different directions here. Absolutely could. But I thought about all of you. It's with a little help from my friends. Because I get by with a little help from my friends. And as your good friend and host, I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for your support all the years. And it doesn't not just with the show, but with social media, uh, with jeanspage.com, buying books. Man, I've had a lot of things going on. You guys have been absolute aces for me. And so thank you. Number one, I don't know how it couldn't be. I don't, I don't know if you could make a case that this wasn't number one. I, I, if you think differently, message me, because I would like to know, and maybe it's because this is back in my drug-using days, but um, and I've been retired from it a long time, so I'm not advocating that. But uh, I remember watching The Wall, and that the shave scene really bothered me. And then uh, I remember going... Um, you know, high as a kite to see that, like at the planetarium, and you, you see the hammers walking, all that kind of stuff, and uh, it's interesting. But it's Pink Floyd's "The Wall," incredible concept album, incredible. It's an incredible story, and so I'm eager to hear some dissenting opinions because I will die on this hill that Pink Floyd The Wall is the greatest concept album of all time and we're going to go with another Brick in the Wall part two because there are two parts on the album because people say oh it's another Brick in the Wall well there's part one part two it's part two is the one that became famous hey teachers leave those kids alone because all we all all we are is another Brick in the Wall it's a great album it is I don't listen to a ton of Pink Floyd I know Comfortably Numb is on here and Hey You and there's just so much on there it's such a wild ride, man. It is. And uh, even if you're clean and sober, it's still a wild ride. So that's our top 10 concept albums. And again, we get a chance to mention Shine Down in there, too. Uh, that's a good one, too. If you, know, if you haven't listened to Attention, Attention, be sure and check it out. Uh, Planet Zero is out now. And there's kind of some concepty things with that one, too. But uh, Attention, Attention is a concept album from start to finish. So be sure and check those guys out. Uh, I tell you, I've had some good reaction from you guys about the new rock band list we put out here a couple weeks ago. The band Sleep Theory out of Memphis. They released a new single. We talked about that. The song Numb. They're going to release a reimagined version, which is kind of stripped it down and, and makes it even makes it even more heartfelt. But uh, that's a band you need to get behind. Of course, if you hadn't done so, go download Anger Management from Storage Twenty Four. Uh, Mississippi's own Storage 24. Last time I looked, they were uh, number three on the um, independent rock charts. Number three song. Pushing for number one. 
So excited for Fred and uh, all the guys there. But uh, again, get out and enjoy some live music whenever you can. I know it's so easy nowadays because everything is so readily available, but there's nothing quite like being there. And so I encourage you when you can be there, go be there. Go, I, listen, Ani and I went and saw Whitesnake together. We went to 13 shows together that year. At the end of the year, I said, what was your favorite show? He said, Daddy, Whitesnake, those guys are real rock stars. And they are. And so get out and go enjoy music with your kids. You'll be glad you did. And um, you don't do anything you shouldn't do. Just go be a parent. You're not there as a friend. You're there as a parent. But the reality of it is, is that uh, live music kind of brings us together. So I encourage you, as always, get out, buy music, download music, support the artists that you love. Because you never know when they're going to stop touring or stop performing or stop releasing music. And there are so many times in our life, like if I'd known this was the last time I had to see him, I would have gone. And you didn't go. All right, next segment of the show brought to you as always by Campus Book Mart, a Stark Billion institution. You've heard about them. If you haven't been by to procure some Mississippi State merchandise from them, you're missing out. Bully Shop has been completely renovated. Everything is upstairs now. No longer in the textbook business. But you can find the greatest selection of Mississippi State merchandise in the known universe. There may be some Martians out there that have some state gear on. You know they probably would. We are the cool kids. Outfit your family in the latest in Mississippi State fashions. You can decorate your home, your office, your pet, your vehicle, whatever you want. Miss Kathy Brown does an outstanding job of keeping the latest and greatest in Mississippi State merch available to you. If you can't make it to town to see their smiling faces, visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net and use promo code BSR. That gets you free shipping on all orders over 75 bucks. You'll be glad you did. Again, that's campusbookmart.net, promo code BSR. All right, let's take a look around the Southeastern Conference. Very busy night. All 14 teams were in action last night. Maybe not the night that some people hoped, shall we say. Obviously, Mississippi State took care of business last night. Arkansas absolutely destroyed, absolutely destroyed Little Rock. That was a game for a little while, and then it wasn't, right? Um, So, pretty crazy. Let me jump down there and find that. Arkansas wins 21-5. Little Rock actually had 11 hits in the night. Arkansas had 13 but scored 21 runs. Sounds like walks were an issue, right? It's not just us. Uh, Probably one of the more surprising results of the week, the Memphis Tigers, 11-9 winners. They hit back-to-back-to-back home runs. Ole Miss enters the ninth inning with a 9-7 lead, a chance to close it out. They give up a single and a two-run shot to tie it. And then another solo shot the other way to give Memphis the lead. And then uh, another towering fly ball to right field to give them a little breathing room. 11-9 winners of Memphis Tigers. Uh, Ole Miss falls to 18-14 and 14 overall. Missouri, 10-1 winners over Missouri State. Missouri's an interesting team. They get that loud sweep of Tennessee to open SEC play. They've won one SEC game since then. South Carolina, 7-2 winners over South Carolina Upstate. No real surprise there. Gamecocks, probably the team that maybe I misjudged the most this year that's not Mississippi State. I wasn't sold on them. I am now. After seeing them play in person and uh, Ethan Petrie about to set the uh, freshman home run record at South Carolina, they're 29-4. 
we own one of those wins, but 29 and 4, 9 and 2 in the league. A big series coming up for sure. UTSA goes into College Station, Texas, and they beat Texas A&M 5-1. Nothing fluky about this deal either. The Roadrunners with 13 hits, they hold A&M to four hits in the ballgame. You, you go out there and you throw strikes against A&M, they're going to get themselves out. 5-7 and seven in the league, 20-13 and 13 overall. LSU in a bit of a tussle with Tulane for a while, and then they get into that bullpen, and it's basically batting practice the rest of the way. It was a 5-5 ball game. LSU wins going away 11-5. Tigers pound out 19 hits. The margin may have should have been larger. But uh, 11-5 is your final. Of course, 7-3, Mississippi State beats UAB. Vanderbilt, 14-2 winners over North Alabama. North Alabama managed just two hits in the ballgame. Vanderbilt, 13. Alabama absolutely clubbed Southern Miss. Uh, 13 runs on 13 hits and a 13-0 ball game in Tuscaloosa. Uh, Will Hodo with a big night for the Crimson Tide. Uh, in Atlanta, Auburn makes a trip over, and Georgia Tech beats them 12-8 in a bit of a wild ball game. But uh, Tech kind of led throughout, even though Auburn made it interesting. 25 hits combined in the ball game. Auburn now just 19-13, and 13, and that's uh, Mississippi State's uh, – Opponent next weekend will uh, make that trip over to the Plains and provide you full coverage over jeanspage.com. But 12 to 8 winners, Georgia Tech. Uh, not a good night all the way around in the state of Georgia is uh, Clemson, the Clemson Tigers, who go into Athens and beat Georgia 8 to 1. Georgia now 18 and 15 on the year, 3 and 9 in the league. Of course, a couple of loud, loud wins this past weekend over Kentucky. Uh, can't maintain it, though. Nine hits in the ballgame for Clemson. Uh, Georgia commits an error, but uh, when there's a seven-run margin, it boils down to that. And in an abbreviated game, Tennessee takes care of Eastern Kentucky 14-2. to Still not quite sure what to think of this Tennessee team. Yeah, I hope they figured out maybe the Monday after we go down there and check those guys out. But uh, that's in two weeks. It will be have Ole Miss at home this week. We travel to Auburn and travel to Tennessee. Uh, so our next three opponents have a losing record in conference. Man, if we could find a way to go up there and get a game from Tennessee, that's probably a, you know the best we could hope for. But the way they're pitching it right now, it's been interesting. They haven't been nearly as dominant as people expected. Florida with a nice win over Florida Florida State in Gainesville. That's a five three ball game. Really felt like Florida controlled it throughout there. Uh, but, you know, hits kind of came at a premium, just 10 hits combined between the two teams. Both teams commit errors. And uh, Florida continues to kind of roll here, 28-6, and six, currently ranked third in the country and 9-3 and three in the league. We knew Florida would be better. I really thought Florida would be the second-best team in the East, and they are. But it's not behind Tennessee, it's behind Vanderbilt. And you begin to think about what Tennessee has coming up, having to play – uh, Vanderbilt and some others that could get some separation here between Florida and Tennessee. Of course, Florida goes into Knoxville and takes that that uh, weekend series. They get shelled in game three, but they uh, they did enough. Uh, Kentucky and Louisville was postponed. That would be an interesting game. Uh, two top 15 teams, Louisville ranked 10th in the country and Kentucky 12th. But that game's been postponed. So uh, interesting 
uh, night of action. There will only be two games tonight. And again, I question the wisdom if you're Ole Miss of playing two non-conference games the week of the uh, the baseball egg ball series. But they w- shouldn't have to exert a lot of effort tonight as they take on Alcorn State. And again, Ole Miss 18 and 14 overall, but um, you know, tough loss last night. Arkansas will host uh, Little Rock again tonight and uh, probably be a Johnny Holstaff ball game for them. Big weekend for them with Tennessee coming in. Again, you begin to ask yourself, you know, especially both of these staffs have had some injury issues on the mound, and it really stresses the fact when you've got to cover 45 innings. So if you're looking for some college baseball to watch tonight, you, can, you watch some games. Shouldn't be very good games, but uh, nevertheless, there will be some college baseball to be had tonight. And uh, you can you know, kind of get a look at Ole Miss at, uh, if you hadn't already. Mississippi State's next opponent. But uh, look at the Rebels here real quickly. We'll give a full a full update on these guys and preview them. You start looking at deal that they've lost four of the last six. And that dates back to the Sunday game when they were walked off in the ninth at A&M. They beat Memphis. And then the Arkansas series, of course, they lose two out of three. They win the middle game seven to four, then lose uh, – to the Memphis Tigers last night. So they've lost, again, four of six. Before that, you know, they get that win at A&M, they had lost four in a row. They get swept by Florida, lose game one against A&M. So, you know, it has not been a great stretch for the Rebels. And, again, earlier this year, we are talking about how much more competitive baseball they've played. You know, loss is still a loss. But um, it does appear that State is getting better. And perhaps Ole Miss is regressing a little bit. And uh, if you read some of the social media commentary from Ole Miss baseball fans, and they've got some people who love baseball as much as we do, um, just hadn't had as much cheer about over the years as we have. But uh, you're defending national champions, really, really struggling right now. And we talked about how the, the margin in some of these games uh, they were somewhat favorable. But, uh, you know, you, 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 you lose to Arkansas 11-2, you bounce back to beat them 7-4, then you lose 6-4, you lose 11-9. Um, there's been some bullpen issues, and that's been really the real issue with, you know, with Ole Miss. Obviously, not having Hunter Elliott available uh, really makes them a vulnerable team on weekends because everybody has to move up a day, and Jack Doherty has really struggled, really struggled. And we go back and look at these uh, the opening games of SEC series. I don't know if, you, if, you, if you're familiar with this. Ole Miss is 0-4, 0-4. Lose to Vanderbilt, 12 not excuse me, 12 to 2. Uh, lose to Florida, 9-7. Lose to AM 8-6. And lose to Arkansas, 11-2. So 0-4 in opening games of SEC series. And that's so important for State to be able to go out there and take advantage of that. We need a great start from Cade Smith. I don't know if we throw Colby Holcomb or come back with Nate or throw Nixon. But we've got to go all in to win game one. you got to get that first one. You can't win the series if you don't win one. To start, so you don't want to go into Sunday needing to try to salvage a game. We need to find a way to win that Friday game, and with the crazy crowd that's expected to be there on Saturday, it's going to be incredible. And uh, it'd be a shame to set an NCAA record and lose a ball game. And you start thinking to yourself too, you know, if you can find a way to win on Saturday. And I have no idea what our pitching rotations are going to look like. I'm sure we'll announce it tomorrow. Do you send Gerangelo back out there? Do you use Bradley Lofton? You don't know. But we feel confident in what we've got with Landon Gartman, and we know that he will compete in a strike zone. 
We also know that uh, you know probably two times through the order is about the best we can hope. I mean, the numbers are what the numbers are, right? That's not really a matter of opinion. I mean, you've got some proof there that, that he is best the first time, first two times through the order. The third time, you're really kind of stretching him a little bit and pressing your luck. But um, you know, if we can get a lead in that ball game, maybe you let him meet up another inning or two. If you can't. But, uh, again, I'm eager to, uh, to talk about this series and eager to kind of see what happens um, with the Rebels tonight. I mean, I, I, I suspect tonight will be, you know, one of these 10-run rule affairs. I, Mike Bianco's a good coach. I, I listen, and I, and I get it, too. Like, somebody tell me yesterday, you know, Steve, if they don't go down and, and win that series at LSU last year, they don't make the tournament, Mike Bianco may be fired. And so you look at, you know, other than a uh, six-week stretch there at the end of the year, it's been a very diff- difficult and disappointing run for Ole Miss the last few years. It just hadn't been able to get it done. Now, before we get together again, there will be some SEC baseball played head-to-head. Uh, Kentucky and LSU will open their series Thursday at 6 p.m. That means Paul Skeen's on the mound against a, kind of a gritty Kentucky lineup. Uh, Kentucky doesn't have elite starting pitching. They can kind of mix and match a little bit, but uh, it's tough to go to Alex Box Stadium and win. But this is a this is a legit series. If you're Kentucky, you, you got to go get one right. We talk we talked extensively about this. Kentucky's nine and three in the league. You get the fourteen wins, you're making the tournament. You get the fifteen, you're just about guaranteed to make the tournament. And so Kentucky doesn't need to win the series. They just need to go down there and get a game. Because you've got that A&M series coming up. you got some other series that we, that we believe are winnable. Of course, Georgia was winnable, too, and you didn't do it. So Nick's got to get those guys going. And then Missouri will be at A&M. And so somebody, somebody is going to win a series, assuming that they play all three games. And A&M, of course, uh, struggling a little bit here as of late. But uh, they were able to get that series against Auburn last weekend. So A&M, not an elite team. Neither is Missouri. And, uh, you know, as far as we go – you know, we don't play Missouri, but we're kind of competing with Missouri to make sure we make the SEC tournament. And so I think your rooting interest here is, you, you know, you root for, uh, you know, you root. I don't know if we can catch A&M. We're going to play A&M head-to-head, but I think the reality of it is you root for a split and hope that A&M gets, uh, gets two and Missouri gets, gets one. Because I think in the end you could kind of control your own destiny with the Aggies because you get them here. Perhaps you could catch them then and then uh, get in on a tiebreaker. But uh, it's a shame that we're in this situation, that we're kind of like looking at the standings and saying, okay, what's the least we can do? I mean, making the SEC tournament should be the absolute bare minimum for Mississippi State. That should never be something that we aspire to. We just want to make the tournament. No, no, no. At Mississippi State, we expect to compete for top eight national seeds, and this is not a top eight national seed team. I will tell you this, though. In the event that we can string some wins together here late, because we've got to get to 13 to have a chance. 13 SEC wins. You have three right now. With six weekends left, you got to go just a little bit better than 500. You got to go 10 and 8 to get to 13. Can't lose any non conference games, right? And you shouldn't. But that would probably keep your RPI to top 30, potentially in top 25. And so a top 25 RPI with 13 SEC wins considering some of the, the people in our, in our conference, it's doable. And there's a good chance you get in. If you get to 14, you're absolutely in. But you get to 13, I think you get in. And so as bad as things have been, 
there is still the possibility that we make a regional somewhere. And that's what makes this weekend so important. You start thinking, okay, where can we come up with 10 SEC wins? We say, okay, well, we should beat Ole Miss, but, you know, that's never a given. I mean, there's Ole Miss has got talented guys too. We're playing at home. We have on this series as of late. State is 18-5 and five in the last 23 against Ole Miss. And if you don't think that matters in their clubhouse, you're kidding yourself. Because it starts thinking, you know, we, we just can't win against these guys. We just can't figure it out. And so if we go out there and throw strikes, get into their bullpen, we should take the series. So let's say you take the series. That gives you two right there. Well, now all of a sudden, you just need eight more. You go to Auburn next weekend, and you take that series. And, and listen, Butch and those guys are going to pitch it pretty well. And we got to throw strikes. But let's say you get that one. Now all of a sudden, you got six left. You got four weekends left to pick up six wins. And you start looking at the schedule and you think, okay, it's not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. But you've got to go to Tennessee. Let's say you scratch out one there. Then all of a sudden you got five. Arkansas comes in, and that's been kind of an up and down deal, too. You know, Arkansas's kind of had our number here, but we get them in Starkville. Uh, they're not an elite team. I know they're ranked really high, but they're not a dominant team. Let's say you can get one, maybe two there. You know, LSU, it's tough down there, man. And maybe you can win the Sunday game. You just got to avoid getting swept there. And then you bring in A&M. And it could be eerily reminiscent of that 2018 year when we had to go play Florida or Florida had to come in here. We ended up sweeping that series. But all of a sudden you start doing the math here and you can see there's games to be played. And again, you got to find a way to get 10. Let's say you get four the next two weekends. You pick one up at Tennessee, you need five, and you got three weekends left to do it. We're going to have to upset somebody. Or we got to pick up a sweep somewhere. It'd be nice to do it this weekend, right? Wouldn't that be incredible? Like if you swept this weekend and you win next weekend. I don't expect State to sweep this weekend. I don't know that State's capable of sweeping anybody without their help. But you often wonder a little bit about the, you know, the psyche of the Ole Miss baseball team. Does it become a self-fulfilling prophecy that we're just supposed to lose to Mississippi State? You know, that's why I think winning Friday is so important. And uh, with the crowd there on Saturday, you never know how our young guys are going to react. But um, you also got to think about their young guys having to play in front of the largest college baseball crowd on campus in the country. It's going to be an incredible day. My honest belief is if we state wins Friday, Saturday, state will sweep. I still don't expect it, but it's a possibility. But again, those are the numbers that we're looking at. Find a way to get to 13 wins. I think anything more than that, you're really asking a lot. But uh, again, you need 10 more. You pick up three this weekend, only you got five weekends to get seven. All of a sudden, that doesn't seem to be quite so daunting. And we talk about the non-conference uh, numbers. You know, state now 20 and 14 overall. So you're 17 and 5 in non-conference. And, of course, some of that goes back to that Frisco weekend, that Frisco Classic. But you're 17 and 5 in a non-conference. And, uh, of course, you'll play Ole Miss again in a non-conference affair uh, in the governor's game. But, um, again, kind of running it down here. Next Tuesday, Southern University, that should be a win. Governor's game, that's a toss-up. It always is. And then then you get Memphis and Starkville on May 9th and then North Alabama right before the A&M series. And so you start running through this and you think, hey, State should 
run the table with maybe the exception of the governor's game. Every one of those other games, state should be a huge favorite in, and it should be an abbreviated ball game. So you shouldn't have any non-conference losses. And even if you lose to Ole Miss, I mean, that, that's like, that's, again, it's like the, the RPI works just like it does in an SEC game, right? Uh, so, you know, you want to win that game, obviously, but it, it wouldn't be necessarily detrimental. Wouldn't be the end of the world if you didn't. You got to be able to get those SEC wins. But uh, any chance that you, when you play Ole Miss, you got to want to get a dub. But when you start running through the numbers here, you realize I don't know how probable it is, but it's possible. And I don't just mean mathematically. I think you know, being realistic about this, that State should win these next two series. You should beat Ole Miss, and you should beat Auburn. And of course, Alabama and Auburn to get together this weekend, and you, know, you just never know how that thing's going to work out. I guess, you know, our rooting interest is we're going to root against the sweep. We just need those guys to split. We don't need anybody to run off and leave us here. You know, looking at the SEC standings, they haven't changed, obviously, since Monday. But, you know, what what's realistic for State? You know, you, you pick up, put some distance between yourself and Ole Miss because let, let's say you get a split this weekend when all of a sudden you're two games up over Ole Miss – and depending on what happens with Georgia, you could be ahead of those guys too. And then next week, you know, you go to Auburn. Let's say they split. All of a sudden, you could catch them in the standings and move ahead of them and give yourself a little breathing room. But, um, yeah, you got some difficult series left to play, but you also have some very winnable series uh, left to work with. We've got to take advantage. As I mentioned earlier in the show, we have got to win the games we're expected to win. And there were many people that said, hey, I don't know if we can expect anything at this point on the SEC weekends. And, you know, we've get a dub over South Carolina, which looks even better in hindsight because they should have taken a series against LSU. And you go on the road and you take the series from Alabama, which has kind of become commonplace for us. But the reality of it is is um, it doesn't erase what we did the first part, you know, the first couple of weekends. And so we've got to go pick up a game somewhere. We've got to find a way to get a sweep against somebody. It would be great to do it this weekend. It would be great to do it next weekend. But we have to win these next two series. If we don't win these next two series, I mean, you know, the best we can ever, ever hope for is just to kind of squeeze in the Hoover, and then that'd be the end of the season because we would not advance beyond that unless somehow we won the SEC tournament. I just think it's going to happen. I don't know if we have the, the, the pitching depth to make that happen, and neither do you, right? I mean, it's not like it's some hot take. But the reality of it is is that, um, you know, we're, our backs are against the wall now. We've got to get out and go play some baseball. And it does appear that we are improving as a team and improving as a pitching staff and uh, can't afford to let down this weekend. It's going to be an emotional weekend at Duty Noble Field, and I'm so overjoyed this thing is going to be at home and at Super Bulldog weekend because the crowds are going to be huge. And you know what happens sometimes when that Maroon and White chant gets going, sometimes you will the Bulldogs to victory. So when you come this weekend, be sure. Don't just come to be entertained. Come to be a part of the ball game. Come to be there for your Bulldogs and ensure that they get uh, the dub. All right, final segment of the show brought to you by Portico. Portico, an outstanding place to live. I've told you guys many times before, if I was moving to Starkville now, Portico is where I would uh, set up my residence. 1.1 miles away from the Mississippi State campus. Close enough for convenience, far enough away to have a little privacy. Be sure and go check them out next time you're in town. You can give yourself a self-guided tour. Turn off 82, 1, and 12 like going to campus. The very first ride is Pat Station Road. Go through that four-way stoppers, Portico on the right. You can start with a two-bedroom, two-bath home and go all the way up to a four-bedroom, four-bath home. You'll be glad you did because you can get anything in between. If you need a custom build, carrying those guys can take care of you. 
Give my friend, your friend, Mississippi State friends, Brooks Bryan, a call today at 601-416-8075. 601-416-8075. They've got plenty of people that can help you. If you need information, if you need to know about a lender, if you need to know about you know, building information, uh, Brooks can answer a lot of those questions, and uh, they can help you navigate through this process of making Starkville your home, whether it be your future retirement home, your primary residence now, or perhaps your second home. We'd love to have you as a neighbor. Again, make Portico your next move. All right, last I heard is that uh, over 21,400 tickets were out. And when we say out, that's like sold so with, through season tickets or individual tickets or uh, standing room only tickets for Saturday. That's now we're going. We expect a big, huge crowd on Friday too, but Saturday could prove to be a historic day, not just in Mississippi State history, but in college baseball history. Huge, absolutely huge crowd expected. As I mentioned earlier in the show, you need to prepare yourself. Uh, there's a lot going on too. You know, I w- I would suggest too. Those of you that are able, uh, come to the spring game and then leave your car parked there and walk over to baseball. It's not that far a walk. You're going to need the steps anyway. You can safely navigate that without much trouble, right? Now, there is uh, some. there will be some sections for the spring game that will be closed off because they're doing some uh, repairs at the stadium. And so when you get there and you see that, you'll just kind of understand. Oh, Steve talked about this on the show. Just doing some repairs. Everything's fine. Everything's good. We're going to play football. We're going to be good. Everybody just needs to relax. But I would, if when you come and park for football, just walk. And you say, well, you know, then I got to walk all the way back. Yeah, you do. You do. But, you know, maybe dad can make that journey for you and just come back and pick everybody up. But parking is going to be an issue. Understand that before you get here, for sure. I would come early because you're going to be prepared to stay late. It's going to be a lot of people trying to get out of there. A lot of people will stay for the Brett Eldridge concert. I'm not familiar with Brett's music. I'm not a country music guy. But I know that there are some young people in this town that are very excited about this show. So understand it's going to be a a long day. Now, many of you will say, you know what, I'm just coming for the ball game, Steve, and we're going to barbecue and drink some beer. I'm not staying for the concert. There will be no concert tickets sold. Your baseball ticket is your concert ticket. So by coming to the Saturday baseball game or having a ticket for entrance, you're getting a free concert. What an amazing thing. What a great concept. What a wonderful idea. We need to do this every year, whether we utilize the hump or do it on, on Duty Noble. And, of course, not going to be a lot of field access. I'm not exactly sure how they're going to deal with that, but we've got a game to play on Sunday. And not to mention we're not going to go out there and, and tear up that sacred ground, uh, even in the name of country music. We're not going to do that. So be prepared. It'll be a unique event uh, here at Mississippi State. You'll be able to say you were there. And so we talk about, you know, our place in history and things about that nature. And there are a lot of people, a lot of people, that talk really big about their fans. And uh, we have receipts. So you may not be aware of this, but the top 11 on-campus crowds in the history of college baseball were all at Duty Noble Field. 19 of the top 20 on-campus crowds in the history of college baseball Duty Noble Field. The one exception was uh, back in 18, USC played at Arkansas. They're the number 12 crowd. And it's really cute, 13,742. It is. It's really cute. 
the record is 15,586, and that's Ole Miss at Mississippi State back in 14, and we won that game too. Uh, for years and years and years, all we ever heard was 14,991, and we, all, we knew the number, and we've had two crowds surpass that uh, since then. And we may shatter our own record by a few thousand. We may set a record that may never be broken because not everybody has, uh, has our spot. They don't have the ability to do this. Now, a lot of people talk about, well, you know, it's the biggest you know, crowds of all time aren't on campus, and that's true. You know, you, you've played some games at some major league stadiums and things of that nature, and so people turn out for those, and tickets are very uh, inexpensive, and there's been some big, uh, some big crowds, obviously, at the College World Series. But as far as, like, bringing everybody to our neck of the woods, there's nobody better. Mississippi State owns 23 of the top 25 largest crowds on campus in the history of college baseball. I told you about Arkansas. LSU had uh, 13,068, set an Alex Box record uh, earlier this year. And think about that for a second. LSU, my generation's primary rival in college baseball, the largest crowd in Alex Box Stadium history wouldn't even make the top 20 at Duty Noble Field. So we talk about having the greatest fans in college baseball. No. A lot of people can print a bumper sticker or put out a meme. You know, we got numbers. Now, what we got to do now is go win ball games. And I think that's an important aspect of a bit of this. And uh, I want to give our fans – a big tip of the cap because yes, there is a lot to be negative about. There is, there's no question about it. There's a lot. We have not, we've underachieved this year. We have, we absolutely have. And, uh, but I go back to, uh, you know, Saturday of the Vanderbilt series. Guess we had 12,927 people here. There wasn't no concert going on that night. Right. When Arizona State came in here, second weekend, and this is after we had dropped the game to VMI and we'd struggled against Louisiana Monroe, and Arizona State comes in. Guys, we had 14,320 people come to the ballgame. That's the seventh largest on-campus crowd in the history of college baseball. So I'm not going to listen to a whole lot of criticism about our fans. right? We, of course, we've got some malcontents. We've got people who don't always know how to express themselves. We, we, that's true. But nobody can say that our fans have given up on this team. There are some people, obviously, that are on Facebook and things like that. Those those are the outliers. But when you get 27,000 people to come to two games, and then you add in the whole Vanderbilt thing, too. I mean, you know, it's, it's incredible. And then we had some good crowds for South Carolina. So a tip of the cap to all of you. Now the Bulldogs need to reward you for your faithfulness. And trust me, they want to. You know, it's one of the things that I have noticed about this team. And, uh, you know, we, obviously we get a chance to talk to them in postgame. And I go on the road and sometimes it's just me, you know. These kids care. There are a lot of people that say, oh, they don't understand. No, I can tell you they wear it. Win or lose, they do. And so, as I shared with you guys a couple of weeks ago, it's just kind of hanging here with them, hanging here, support the team, 
when we're losing, there's a million things you can find that are wrong. But you know what? As I've said before, we, we've won four or five. And now the series that matters the most to so many people is being played this weekend at Duty Noble Field. Now, you lose the series this weekend, it's almost going to make the hill too, too, you know, too steep to climb out of. And so we need you to come out there and be loud and proud from first pitch to last pitch. I know a lot of people want to get out there and, you know, it's about having a cold beer and, you know, maybe you got some old Miss friends that come or whatever. Uh, listen, you guys can go play golf together. We need everybody focused on Mississippi State baseball this weekend, not just because of the fact that it's Super Bulldog weekend, not just because of the fact that Ole Miss is in town. And listen, they're our primary rival. We've won the last two and a half championships between the two of us. Chance for us to get together. But this is a crucial series no matter who we're playing because every SEC win counts the same. It doesn't matter if we were playing Tennessee this weekend or we're playing Missouri or whoever. They all count the same. A lot of people think, oh, we won a series. No, no, no. It's not about who wins series that matters. It's at the end of the year, they add up all the games you won and all the games you lost, and then they pick a champion of this league, and they rank you in the standings based on your wins. They say, well, well, you know, these guys won, you know, X number of series, so they're a great team. Every SEC game counts the same, and we can't just be satisfied with winning a series. And, yes, we have to win this series. We absolutely have to. But if you can find a way to get all three – and I'm not expecting that, but if you can find a way to get all three, all of a sudden it doesn't. It makes life a little bit easier. It's not going to be an easy road by any stretch. But when you begin to do the calculations here, I'd much rather be at six than be at five when it comes to SEC wins. Of course, I'd like to be, you know, 15. But the reality of it is we can't cry over spilled milk now. So um, it's kind of a call to arms here, kind of a call to action. I need Bulldog fans to listen. Wear your M over S caps. Hang in here with us. We have a lot to be proud of. The season's not over. Now, I said last week, we lose that series at Alabama. You know, the best we're going to be able to hope for is Hoover. Even after we won a series, I thought the best we're going to be able to hope for is Hoover. But now all of a sudden, when you start to see you know, kind of how the rest of the league has played out here over the course of the last week, you start realizing, you know, maybe there's a shot. It's not a great shot, but we got a shot. We got a chance to make a regional, but we've got to go win ball games. And we need you to be there. We need you to be there to cheer this team on. Listen, I, I nothing listen, nothing stinks more than making the long drive to watch a team lose. I've done that a lot in my life. Mainly on the football end. You know, I've got a job to do, I've got a responsibility to do, but long time before I was uh, providing, you know, team coverage, I was doing recruiting coverage and I was still going to ball games. I wasn't a credentialed member of the media through the university back then. And we would go make these long trips. We'd go, we wanted to go see them because that's our team. I don't have a Major League Baseball team, per se. I don't really watch Major League Baseball. I don't watch much NFL. I don't watch NBA hardly at all. Maybe you do. I live in the big maroon bubble, so it's all about Mississippi State for me. That's really my only sporting interest. I love college baseball. I love college football, and I can watch any SEC team play, either of those sports. And, uh, of course, I watch the, the Bulldog men and women basketball programs. But, you know, one of the things that has made this baseball program so great is all of you because you've made it a big deal to play here. Now, granted, the players got to do their part. I mean, nobody's going to come see them play. It's always a losing team. But this is a crucial weekend. And 
it's clear you guys are voting with your ticket sales. And so we may all disagree about coaches. We may disagree about hitting philosophies or recruiting decisions or development here. But the bottom line is those are all details of a bigger picture. And right now the only thing that matters is that we have a big three-game SEC series against um, our arch rivals this weekend. So let's go get it done. Let's go have a, a good weekend and then kind of breathe some life back into our season. Because, I, listen, I know. I mean, I'm in the car. You know, make, I got home last night after midnight and got up at 6.30 this morning. And that's not to make it about me, but the reality of it is is that, you know, we, we've got a job to do. We're going to do that job. But the Diamond Dogs need our support. It's one of the things that I've asked myself, too. And, and I, you know, last year I, I didn't go to Missouri. I didn't go to A&M, and I regretted it. And people are like, you know, Steve, you, you know, you just can't justify the, you know, the spending that kind of money. And, and, and maybe you're right. Because by the end of the year, nobody really wanted to read a lot of baseball content. You know, our, our baseball numbers were down considerably because people were just ready for the season to end. Let's get into football. But the thing that I think about is what message does that send the players and the families and the coaches? Well, it's like, oh, they, they love me when they're winning. They come up here and give me coverage, and they interview us, and they talk about the games, and they show interest in what we're doing, and now all of a sudden we're losing, so we're not going to get coverage. Either we're a big baseball program or we're not. Do you think the guys at LSU, if they hit a rough patch, would quit covering them? Oh, of course not. Think the guys that are Arkansas would do that? They wouldn't. And so I feel like we've got a responsibility to all of you, but also, too, to these players and their families to go out there and do the job. And so we're going to be there. I'm going to be at every game the rest of the year with the exception of the A&M series. I'll be in um, Chattanooga, Tennessee on my anniversary trip then, and, and uh, we'll have plenty of coverage. You just won't have me, and that'll be okay. I'm going to go enjoy being with the wife, and 30-year um, anniversary is the uh, Ruby, so we're going to Ruby Falls. And we're going to have a great time. And then I know it's going to make her absolutely miserable that uh, we're not watching the ball games. And it's become such a big part of my family and your family. And I remember being a kid, some of my fondest memories, and at the time I hated it. You know, I'm from South Mississippi, you know, so we shelled peas. You know, we cut okra, we did that kind of stuff. And I remember, you know, it's like my dad would want me to come help him, uh, you know, uh, peel peas or whatever and, and uh the best way to get that done was to put the ball game on and back in those days in the 1900s we didn't have a lot of tv baseball if we made we were lucky enough to make it to omaha we'd get to see the bulldogs play on tv but by and large you had to go see them play or you hear jim ellis give a call and, and i remember sitting there you know shelling peas and listening to the bulldogs play and i remember going out at times with my dad uh you know, he would get outside the house and go sit on the patio and get his little Philco radio, and he'd turn it on, and he'd listen to the ball game. The Bulldogs are playing. My dad was listening. And it's been so ingrained in my family, you know, Bulldog sports, especially Bulldog baseball. You know, when we just poke our chest out, we can see, you know, this is who we are. And one of the things that I think, again, that, that means the most is that we're a loyal fan base. We may get a little bit snippy at times, but we still support our teams, and that's really the whole focus of this segment is our fans are doing their part. We had a nice small crowd last night in Birmingham at UAB, but um, 
yeah, I think we should play that at Regions, but nobody asked me. Uh, but all that said, I want to, again, commend our fans for hanging in here. And, uh, again, I know it's tough when people are walking the ballpark. It's frustrating because you love it. If you didn't matter, you just turn it off and go, you know, put on Netflix and just go on with your day. But it's, if you're like me, it stays with you. And when we lose a ball game, I probably don't say anything for an hour when I'm driving. I just I didn't want to talk about it. I just want to absorb it. So let's, again, do our part and hope for a big weekend this weekend. And, uh, again, we'll be back on Friday, and we'll recap the Thursday, the Wednesday and Thursday night action in the Southeastern Conference, and we'll preview the Friday series. And uh, my hope is to be at football practice Thursday uh, afternoon. That's the hope. Give Paul Jones a lot of credit. Uh, you know, I think Paul's probably the only media member that's been to every spring practice, I think. But we got Dave Murray on uh, on staff. Of course, Dave's in town this week, and, uh, of course, Mike Nemeth. So uh, my wife will be around and shoot some pictures for us at the spring game, of course, in baseball. So we're, uh, we're excited uh, for this weekend. And we're going to have full coverage over at jeanspage.com. If you hadn't done so, go over there. And uh, you can read our free content, but you should be a member. And you can discuss things with our experts at jeanspage.com, the Mississippi State affiliate for 247 Sports. In addition to that, go to dogpilethebook.com. I, I, I mention it on the show all the time, but I tell people that message me, don't feel like you're bothering me. I'm happy to provide the address. All of my sports books, with the exception of Stark Villains, is available at dogpilethebook.com. Stark Villains now officially sold out through the website. You'll have to find it in bookstores, and they're in limited supply. But you can get Alpha Dogs, Flim Flam, and Dogpile at dogpilethebook.com. Father's Day's coming up. Don't put that off because if you want to get a signed or personalized copy, you know, that takes a little time. There's a bunch of signed copies, but if it's personalized, we've got to coordinate so I can get up there and sign a bunch of those books. And so reach out at dogpilethebook.com. If you're looking for Blooms of Oleander, maybe your know, Mother's Day's coming up too. Maybe you want to give your mom a book of poetry. Wouldn't that be sweet? You can find Bloomsville Leander at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, BooksAndMegan.com, or through your local bookstore. Be sure and check that out. And that'll be out of print some point uh, soon, too. You know, they give me the option every year if I want to renew it. And I really, I never wrote it for any money, but uh, it continues to sell a little bit. So it's always nice to have that. But the reality of it is, is that uh, these things don't last forever, right? And if you're looking for Stark Villains gear, you can find it at StarkVillains.com. You should. It's getting warmer outside. You need a fresh T-shirt. The mom may be surprised, dad and the kids, and order them some Stark Villains gear at StarkVillains.com. You get that in a variety of colors. We'd love to see you sporting Stark Villains gear at uh, Duty Noble Field, Davis Wade Stadium, and all Mississippi State's uh, athletic venues. That's going to do it for today. We'll be back with you on Friday. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.